Welcome to NLP Talks with Laura Evans, a podcast for people looking to unleash their potential in business and life. I'm Laura Evans, international trainer of NLP and host for this podcast series. Join me for insightful interviews with people that know firsthand just how NLP can change lives and they'll share with you tips and strategies to help you clear your path to success. Stay tuned. So welcome to the podcast. I'm Kalita and today the tables have turned and we're actually interviewing Laura Evans. She's given me the opportunity to ask her a million and one questions. So welcome and I hope you enjoy. Well, how lucky am I? Because I get to turn the tables on Laura. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I know, this is great. It's great. So this is your podcast that I'm taking over. How cool is that? I love it. The reins are in your hands. Most definitely. (laughs) So it's great to welcome you to your podcast. (laughs) Um, So I'm really curious, as I would imagine everybody who's listening is really interested to know actually who is Laura and what's Laura's story and how did you get to be where you are today? So I'm just going to leave that's quite an open-ended question isn't it? So where did it all start? Wow okay so for me I mean I've always had a passion in developing and supporting people to grow like you know at 13 years old I was teaching horse riding on a Saturday and a Sunday afternoon like my passion to want to help people learn and grow it's been in me ever since I was a small child I mean I'm not (laughs) sure how I'd feel with a 13 year old teaching me to ride now but but nevertheless people did it you know and it was fine and I always had a massive sense of achievement when I saw someone do their first jump or I saw someone do something for the first time I always got a real thrill myself out of it and and it wasn't really until I started reflecting on my journey that I realized that that's probably where it started Mm. you know fast forward then through obviously all my school years and and bits and pieces and you know the journey with NLP for me probably started in 2008 so I've been in and around NLP now for over over 10 years and there were two things that happened in 2008 I happened to be working for the head office of a very well-known food retailer at the time. And I remember this young lady just come off the graduate recruitment programme. I was in HR, as as people may or may not know. That was my background before I did this. And she'd come off the graduate recruitment programme desperate to be a corporate trainer and I she was such a lovely woman and I sit next to her in the office and you know I knew she knew her stuff but every time she'd stand up to present and and in front of an audience it was like a different person Mm -hmm. you know her words would leave her and she'd get the shakes and she you know all the sweaty palms and you know all the things that you know if I'm honest I used to suffer with you know before I sorted myself out and and I really felt for her and I went off and did some change management, which is obviously what I ended up doing towards the end. But, you know, came back after that and saw her on the agenda. And I, I'll always to this day remember passing her in the corridor and go, good luck for the talk later. I'm really looking forward to seeing you. And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. And she was like gone over my shot. And I was like, you know, those kind of deja vu moments when you kind of go, did that just happen? Yes, that just happened. Yeah, yes, she did just say that. And yeah. like, that's different. And thought no more of it until we got to the meeting and then you know I was sat opposite the boardroom table and she got to go and present and I kind of gave her the thumbs up and go good luck you know and she just smiled and got up and would blow me down with a feather quite frankly because she was confident eloquent delivered her message and sat back down and my jaw just dropped as some of the listeners may know me I'm never really lost for words but that day I completely was and I said to her after she came up she's all right and I was like 
yeah, I don't know who you are and what you've done with the predecessor, but I need to know, you know. And she just kind of smiled when I'd been on a course. And I was like, oh, yeah, what's that then? She went, it's an NLP course. And I went, what's that? Oh, neurolinguistic programming. And she said, we need a coffee. My passion, I guess, and my interest in NLP came because I saw other people getting results yeah. from it. Yeah. And I found out that that was the toolkit that sat behind it. And I was like, I need to know more about this stuff. Like, in the space of, I was only gone for about 12 weeks. And the transformation in her was just phenomenal. And so, yeah, so I think, I, I you know, whether you call it fates, the universe, whatever yeah. people believe in, it threw something right in focus for me. And I think life does that to yeah. us quite often. And all of a sudden, I kind of woke up to the fact that, that I could change stuff for me too. Yeah. And yeah, so I think 2008 is officially when it started, although it's been in me for a long time. Maybe it might be helpful if, if we gave a little bit of a, or you gave a, a nice succinct description of what NLP is. A lot of people think of it as a bunch of techniques. It's all about mindset, right? I'm often referred to as the mindset lady. That's exactly what we are. But, you know, there are a bunch of techniques. Like, you know, we can get rid of a phobia in 20 minutes. We can get rid of someone's limiting belief in 12 minutes. You know, we can completely turn someone, you know, someone believes I'm not good enough to I'm totally good enough in 12 minutes. Like, that's amazing um, that we can change someone's mindset and we can work with the unconscious mind. And that's also what I'm passionate about because... So many people try to change problems consciously. You know, it's like 21 days to change a habit or whatever the number is this month. But, you know, it keeps changing. But that's you're trying to consciously change it. You're trying to put a conscious focus on a behaviour which is driven by the unconscious mm. mind. Let's just get into the unconscious mind and change it, shall we? I often describe it like changing the autopilot or the, you know, the fact do a factory reset. It's like rather than going to do a presentation and feeling anxious let's change that at an unconscious level so when you go to do a presentation you feel excited would yeah. that help yeah. yes of course it would great well let's do that so you don't have to consciously think about it so for me it gave me an instruction mind for the mind it made me a much better communicator much better you know, influencing influencing is all about building rapport and actually being able to talk to people in a way that works for them and when i understood how to do it, i was like Oh, is that what they mean? Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I can do that. It's actually you know, quite simple, isn't it's it? It's not difficult. So there's this technique part of NLP, which gets the kudos, gets the attention, gets the, wow, that's amazing. And then there's the linguistic part to NLP, which often gets overlooked, in my opinion. That is that conversation, the questioning and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I could talk for hours about what NLP is. It's instruction mind of the mind. It's an attitude of curiosity. It's a willingness to learn. It's a desire to change and to ultimately help you achieve your goals faster and more easier yeah nicely done I know that similarly your story about redundancy is the same as 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 mine if you like I wonder if it, it might be helpful for people to understand where you were at that time and actually how that can help people in in a similar circumstance right now yeah yeah I mean I I, I think redundancy is hugely exciting and anybody that's listening to this at the moment going through a redundancy process will <laughs> yeah, think I'm completely barking yeah. mad. It's like, how can that be exciting? But whenever we have people that come on our courses that are going through redundancy, I get hugely excited for them. Yeah. Because I think, you know what? So many of us suffer in a work environment. And when I say suffer, what I mean is we stick with what we know because it's safe, because it's easy. I get a regular income. All right, I'm a bit miserable. I'm a bit bored. But it's all right. And I, I remember being that person. And I you know, find people that are like that. And, and I just think, do you know what? When you go through a redundancy process, 
it's like someone's given you a blank sheet of paper. Like you can create whatever future you want. Yeah. You can change profession. You can go from being employed to self-employed. You can go from being, you know, somebody that's, a, for example, an operator in an organisation to becoming a director of a company if you really wanted to. And, you know, you could go back. You know, so many people I meet kind of tell me, you know, but I wish I'd followed my passion. You know, when I was younger, when I was starting out, I wish I hadn't just followed the crowd and done the corporate job. I mean, you know, that's what I did for 15 years. I know what that's like and actually you kind of think redundancy this is your time this is your opportunity to carve your future out to go back and go do you know what if that passion is still inside of you if there's that little flicker of a light that's still in there go do it you know like I remember when I was being made redundant and I remember talking to people about it because you do right you you talk to the people that were around you, you look for support, you know, and, and often redundancy comes completely out of the blue. Some of us are lucky enough, you know, I worked in HR, so I often saw it coming. I was often involved in the behind the scenes activity to decide if it was needed or not. But often it's a massive surprise and it really catches you off guard. You know, you go from calm state of maybe boredom and not happy, but you know, you know what, it's predictable. It's predictable, it's fairly certain, you know, it's quite samey, you know, and all that. And all of a sudden someone cuts up your world and sits you down and has that conversation and says to you, Laura, I'm really sorry to tell you, but you're at risk of redundancy. I remember that. I remember being gobsmacked at someone would do that to me. Yeah. But I've worked my ass off for this company. I've given my heart and soul to it. And you want to cast me aside? You know, and I and I I remember that feeling. You know, and I don't think you can ever stop someone going through that. Change management will know about the curve, uh, the the change curve that, that we go through, and and I think you know you have to go through that curve and redundancy as much as any other major life effect. You know, you will mourn it, you will grieve for it. Yeah. There will be sadness, there will be denial, but at the other side is massive opportunity. Yeah, yeah for me, redundancy was huge. Now, what redundancy did give me was the opportunity to kickstart this business. Yeah. Like, I've been made redundant three times in my career. Thankfully, I won't get made redundant now because I run the business. <laughs> but, but I was made redundant three times. Wow. And every single time I was made redundant, I did the panic. I did the, what am I going to do? Every single time something better happened. And that third and final time when I was made redundant, I went on a Pratt course. Right. That's what I did. Okay. Uh, We're very lucky here in Wales, which is where we're filming and shooting this podcast, that at that time there was funding available. And because of what had happened back in 2008 and my, you know, my interest in NLP had been kind of fired up, I did what most people did, nothing. Yeah. Googled it, read a book or two, put it down, did nothing else with it. And then this opportunity arised and it was like, okay, I could get some funding. I'm really interested in this stuff. I wonder where it would take me. And and so, yeah, and I sat there on day two, I think, of my Pratt course. And I'd already had a conversation with the director I'd worked with at that time. And I said to him, if you could create any job for me, what would it be? And he said, that's easy. It's an absolute no-brainer. He said, you, in front of an audience, talking about something that you're passionate about. He said, you can't buy that stuff. Yeah. And I sat there on day two of the Pratt course. And I was there with everybody else. There's like 14, 18 of us, whatever, on the course. And everybody else was all cool and calm and chilled. And then I just sat there and the penny dropped. And I went, I've just found my business. 
Yeah. I've How just cool found my business. And I was looking around to my left and to my right and looking at the trainer and the person said, you're right, Law? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. But inside I'm doing this little joy dance. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I just found my business. Like I can see myself doing yeah. this. You know, I say to people, if ever you're going to set up your own business, be sure it's something you're passionate about because you'll work hard. Yeah. But you're lining your own pocket. And I was like, yeah, I could do this for eight hours a week. I could train people. I could. And then I got through back to my days of teaching horse riding. Imagine being sat in the training room in front of 12 people, all of whom change a limiting belief, all of whom get rid of internal conflict, all of whom's confidence grows. To be able to do that, I think it's a privilege. I really do consider myself really privileged to be able to make that kind of difference for people. But redundancy is where it started. So I think redundancy is amazing. And um, although it doesn't feel like it, I know. But I can... Like your passion that comes through just when you talk about changing people with with the techniques and the tools and, and NLP and, and everything it does. Okay, so let's uh, throw in a little bit of controversy then, okay. shall we? Let's go so for it. So the world of NLP. Yes. Now, I'm aware that I went on an NLP course before I came on your training and it was shocking. And yeah. I can say that because I was the delegate and I was there and I didn't really realise what I was doing. The things I was being taught... I felt weren't weren't uh, taught to me sufficiently enough to understand what I was doing. What's your view on the NLP world and associated, not trainers, but but yeah, let's just say the NLP bubble, the industry, the, the industry. The industry. That's a good way of describing it. Yeah. Okay. Where do we start? <laughs> to be quite frank, it's shocking. Okay. It's shocking. The number of people that come to us to be retrained yeah. is much higher than I ever imagined it would be. We've got people out there that are walking around with NLP practitioner certificates that they paid nineteen ninety nine for on the internet and they can do absolutely jack nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. And I feel sad for them because they've been sucked in by someone else's sales process. They've yeah. been sold a lie. Yeah. Because if someone's being licensed to be a practitioner, which to me means they're skilled and equipped to help other people then they need to be able to do that. You know, I remember the phrase, you were learning to swim, you wouldn't learn to swim by reading a book. You have to go and get in a swimming pool. Yeah. You have to go and do the strokes. You have to go and have swallow a few mouthfuls of water. <laughs> you have to go and try it out. Yeah. You have to get given feedback. You know, sometimes that feedback is directly when you're, you know, you're not doing quite so well, but you learn from it. And I just think it's awful that there are people out there with pieces of paper saying that they can do this stuff and they can't. You know, the number of people that ring us and say, I've done a practitioner course but I really feel like I can't do anything. And I just think that's just just sad yeah. because this toolkit is so powerful. It's so empowering. It tr it literally transforms lives. You know, I've forgotten you know, the number of thank you cards I have at home. You know, I remember there was a young lady we had on a course just this summer and literally she just wrote in the car, inside the card, you have changed my life. And you kind of think, that's amazing. Yeah. But that wouldn't happen if I couldn't do what I do. Like yeah. if I had a piece of paper that just said, oh, Laura knows how to do a belief change. And then you sit down and I go, yeah, so we're um, yeah, not really quite sure what we're doing here. But um, yeah. 
it doesn't instill any confidence in you and that's not necessarily the practitioner's fault if I can call them a practitioner in a loose sense because they haven't been trained properly you know so I have a big bugbear I should caveat that we I mean we have online courses but I would never accredit someone to be a practitioner I equipped to help anybody else unless I'd seen them personally you need that feedback you need to work with another life human being you know I just kind of think imagine myself having bought a practitioner course sat at home in the office on my own trying to do a belief change yeah like, i'm not being funny i don't have invisible friends i can practice on it doesn't happen you know so and there's no one there to give me feedback there's no one there to say laura that's great you're almost there just course correct this course correct this and do you know what you would have been absolutely spot on yeah. there's no one to do that you've then got the, pra- the face-to-face courses right again you've got some training providers you'll be one of 60 70 80 or more people in a room how are you supposed to walk away having been given proper feedback, have been watched and given feedback? Yeah. You know, I'm not being funny. I'm a pretty good trainer, right? But I can't watch 60 people. Yeah. It just isn't going to happen. Yeah. You know, so there'll be stuff going on in the room that no one sees. Yeah. You know, and we've had people come to us to retrain with us that have done some courses with them. Um, well, I'm not going to name them because they'll probably try and sue me. But, but some very high profile NLP trainers in the world yeah. who have then come to us and said can you retrain me please like i saw him do a fast phobia on the stage and got rid of someone's phobia but we never practiced it yeah like that's criminal how can you send someone out into the world thinking they're a practitioner when they haven't even practiced things my passion is turning out practitioners and coaches that can do this stuff Mm. i always go back to the reason i got into this i do it because i want them to go and change other people's lives so i better shut up before i (laughs) take the whole of my podcast up by by ranting but as you can as you can tell it it, it's i have a really strong opinion on it and i just think the nlp industry needs to pull its socks up quite frankly because it's about quality. It isn't about just churning people out. Okay, so we, we talked about online courses as well as in the classroom training, which obviously, if you want to be a qualified NLP practitioner, then get in the classroom because that is the hands-on getting dirty and, and down with it and doing the stuff. Totally. Do you have a favourite technique or tool out of all of your toolkit? And I know that you have a huge toolkit. Could you pick one that is your kind of top of the list. Can I have two? Oh, I'll go on then. This is your <laughs> podcast. Let's have two. All right, fine. There are two. But I will answer your question, though. Okay. If I could only have one thing out of the whole toolkit, yeah. it would be submodalities. Okay. And submodalities are a bunch of techniques that encode and give meaning to our internal representations, which will mean nothing to anybody that's listening to this that yeah. doesn't know any NLP lingo. But basically, it enables us to change the meaning to our thinking. Okay. And I can pretty much change anything with submodalities because I can change the way someone feels about something, I can change their thinking about something. And if I can change their thinking, their emotional state about something, I can change their outcome and their results. Yeah. And so if I could only take one thing, I would take submodalities because I can pretty much do anything with it. Now, the reason why I say could I have two <laughs> is because there's a very close second and that's timeline therapy. Okay. Timeline therapy changed my life. 
and I don't say that lightly, like it seriously changed my life because I was in a really dark place when I was on that practitioner course. And timeline therapy is an advanced NLP technique uh, for those listening to the podcast, not to be confused with timeline and walking the timeline. They are entirely different. Timeline therapy was created by Tad James and you'll only get timeline therapy from an ABNLP accredited school because we have to be licensed to train it. But timeline therapy is a content-free way of helping people to let go of their baggage. And what I mean by content-free is we don't have to sit there and talk about it. You know, having been taken through counselling, you know, I go in every week, I come out more traumatised than when I went in because I don't want to sit there and talk about how awful my life is. I want to change it. And we, on all our Pratt courses, I'm so passionate about it. Everybody that comes on our Pratt course gets an experience of it. And we get rid of anger, sadness, hurt, fear and guilt. And all of the negative emotions are a subset of those, pretty much. And if you can do that in a content way, you don't have to talk about where it's come from. And you can do that and you can, what we call, clean the timeline, get rid of the baggage. And it does feel like that sometimes. I feel yeah. like I'm putting my marigolds on <laughs> and getting my dustpan and brush out. You know, and helping someone to do that for themselves. Yeah. And then helping them to create their future by putting a goal, a well-written goal, into their future in their timeline, which will sound a bit woo-woo to some people, but it is entirely possible. That's how you change lives. Yeah. So, I'm sorry I had two. <laughs> oh, typical Laura. I know, always, always I'm sorry. Um, and I, I'm with you because I know for me, being on my practitioner training, timeline therapy was a massive shock in a way I mean I don't mean in a bad shock but just like oh wow I didn't realize I was hanging on to stuff that I hadn't realized was hanging on to and you walk out after that feeling 10 feet tall and actually wow how much lighter it's it's brilliant yeah it's it's one of those things because we always do it on Thursday on a Pratt course and we're very lucky that a lot of our delegates come back and help the next cohorts that are coming through. So there's always coaches around our courses and timeline therapy day is always the one people ask for first. Lord, can I come back and coach on the course? But can I see Thursday, please? Because I want to do timeline therapy with people. Because it is, you have, as a coach, you have such a sense of achievement where you see someone, I've literally seen people physically change in front of me, look lighter, be taller, get the sparkle back in their eye. And it's a very special thing to be able to help someone to do that it's amazing it really is and do you find that that journey is still evolving your UK and international trainer I mean what a, an accolade to carry around with you in in really a relatively short space of time how does that future space look you know where where do you see that that going oh There's two answers to that question, if I'm allowed two answers. One is I have a very clear view as to where I want to take the business and the reasons why, and I'll come back to the reasons why later, but I have a very clear view about who I am, what I stand for, and where I'm going to go. And I stand for quality, I stand for customer service, I stand for making a difference, and that's really important to me. They're core values of mine that, you know, I want to make a difference in this world. And, you know, I remember when I first qualified in NLP, and I I remember being sat there on the training course, on my NLP practitioner course, and and I remember sitting there thinking that you could go two ways with this, Laura, because you could go down the road of becoming a great coach, and I love coaching people, Mm -hmm. absolutely with a huge passion, and I could become an amazing coach. Or I could do the trainer route and I could become an NLP trainer. And to be quite honest with you, it was a relatively easy decision because I knew I could do either. 
But if I became a trainer, I could make a much, much more positive dent in this world. Because if I have a practitioner course full of 16 people, for example, and I can equip those people, I can help them personally change, and I can equip them with skills to go on and help other people, that means that every course I run, if those people just go and help one person, that's 17 people I've helped. And the chances are everybody will go on and help more than one person. And so it's like that, you know, ripple effect, you know, drop a pebble in the in the, yeah. in the pond and watch the ripple effect. Could I have helped people in coaching? Yes, and I would have loved it. But that would have been, you know, let's say 20 people a year, maybe 30 people a year, rather than the hundreds, probably even thousands if I really sat and thought about it, that every year that it impacted by my work. Yeah. So I have a very clear view on that. The second answer to it, is I'm excited about what the future holds. Yeah, okay. Because I very much trust my intuition. I very much am open to opportunity. And so, you know, I love the fact, for example, Tad James, who is the head of the ABNLP that accredits my training, considers me to be one of the real big rising stars in the UK for NLP training. And that, to me, is a massive accolade to the impact I've already had and the impact that I could have in the future. Okay, so... Wow, we've kind of jumped all over the place, which is quite exciting. So how about some quick fire questions oh, okay. then? Come okay, on, then. so if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Oh, animals. I love animals. I often tell my dog I wish I was her. I mean, she has a wonderful life, my dog. Yeah. But, right, animal, what would I be? Oh, you've really got me on the spot. I feel like I should have the countdown type. Boom. <laughs> I probably would say a lion. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know where that's just come from. My unconscious mind has yeah. just said a lion. Right, we'll take that. Because I believe everybody should stand up tall, be proud, and go and live the life that they want and have all of those lioness or lion attributes of running their own jungle and being who they it. should be. And we often don't. We often are inhibited from doing that. And, you know, I always get the picture of the big lion on the top of the rock in Africa, you know, shaking his mane, going, (laughs) I am it, you know. Yeah, that was... A lion. There you go. I'm not sure where that came from, but there you go. Okay, so if you had the day off tomorrow and you could do anything you wanted, what would you do? Oh, easy. Walk Rosie by the sea. Rosie's my dog, for those of you that don't know. She is the love of my life. I love it. Being by the sea is where I take time. It's where I unwind. And it's often where my biggest inspiration comes from. Me and Rosie chat a lot while we're walking. Yeah, I like that. I love the fact that... <laughs> I yeah. talk to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, that, that, that's fine. Yeah, no problem yeah. at all. Yeah, she's like, she's like second in command, you know, behind yeah. obviously everyone else that works in the business. But yeah, she's been through a lot with me, that dog. Yeah. Lovely. So if I was going to pay you for today's podcast and I said, here you are, Laura, here's 20 grand, what would you spend that money on? Oh, easy. Round the world trip. Oh, okay. I love travel. Absolutely love travel. And I would go off. I've always been a great fan of buying experiences creating memories you know material stuff comes and goes don't get me wrong I like a nice life but it's the memories that you hold on to okay so so where would you first put a call where would that be (gasps) okay so I've done around the world once um so (laughs) I'd go again (laughs) I'd go again but I'd go the other way Uh, countries I didn't do that I'd want to go to Africa South America Japan they would probably be the top three and do they feature in the life plan for the future oh yeah there'll be much more travel in the future I love travel yeah how cool is that Right, okay. So, as it's your podcast, I have the badges, the badges of destiny. So, for those of you listening, we have a a pot here of badges, which have got some random NLP words on. And Laura is in the hot seat, so she gets to pick a few and pick one. Only one. One. 
that okay. you want to uh oh that's easy oh okay i've picked disruptive <laughs> and yeah i can say knowing you yeah i'd go with disruptive <laughs> yeah. too and all the delegates that i've ever trained will now be laughing because <laughs> they know how disruptive i can be i've picked it because i think i'm disrupting the nlp industry there are a lot of people out there that are watching what I'm doing currently, other NLP trainers, and I am disrupting what's going on because I am all about quality and churning out great people. I want NLP to become, um, you know, something that we're proud of, and I'm already proud of it, but, you know, it's the go-to thing. It changes lives, and I want to mix it up, and I want to do different stuff, and I disrupt the industry and see where I we can go with that. it. yeah. So, brilliant. yeah, I'm disruptive. And yeah, I'm disruptive in lots of other ways as well, but we'll leave that for another <laughs> we'll podcast. Talk about <laughs> so people are listening to this, they've kind of got a lovely insight into who Laura is and, and I'm testament to say that who you are in the classroom is is who you are sat right in front of me because what you see is what you get. And actually, one thing is a from a delegate's point of view, you're a really supportive trainer and, and I felt that the journey for me didn't stop when I walked out with my certificate. There was also follow-ups of how you're getting on and have you done that that you said. Um, what do people do if they go, yeah, actually, I like the sound of this. What do they do to, to connect with you, to find you, to to join in on your journey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll find me on all the social media platforms, but the best place to go is our website. Um, so if people want to go to unleashyourpotential.org.uk, uh, you'll find all the details of there of all of the face-to-face courses we run, all of the online courses that we run, uh, access to our podcast if you want to hear the other episodes, and also YouTube videos and stuff. So the, the website is the portal to go to to better access everything that I offer. Okay. Um, and if people want to go to unleashyourpotential.org.uk forward slash brochure they'll be able to download the brochure and all the courses are in there as well and i'm aware that we're, we're getting close to our time now yeah is there a quick skill that you can do right now that they could take away from this podcast the we talked earlier about redundancy and just how transformational i think redundancy is but i am aware because of my own personal experience how overwhelming it can be overwhelm is a massive part of, of a problem you know when i get anxious when i was suffering with anxiety and depression overwhelm was something i did a lot i was like i could have had a gold badge in it quite frankly i was brilliant at it um so here's something that people can use to help with overwhelm overwhelm is a modern day problem that we have it's the unconscious mind reacting to what's going on in the environment you can't stop it but you can manage it and people become overwhelmed um you know i kind of call it like you know it's like paper shuffling that's what i used to do it's like try and organize it but just keep moving it around the desk because yeah. i don't know where to start and we deliberately overwhelm ourselves it's like a metaphorical helicopter and then we kind of just you know end up flying around going i've got all this to do and this to do and this and where do i start and you know, people waste hours even days doing overwhelm i describe often as emotional paralysis it's like getting stuck in a bog you know yeah. you can't move and there's a really quick way of cutting through all of that and it's a simple question it's literally this you need to say to yourself what's the very first thing i need to do very first thing. Don't worry about everything else. Just the very first thing I need to do. And then do it. Don't enter into dialogue about it. Don't think about it too much and things like that. Just ask yourself and whatever comes into your mind first, do it. And that's the best way to manage overwhelm in any context, but particularly around redundancy. Because they'll, you know, all of a sudden you're thrown into turmoil mm. and it's like, yeah. well, how am I going to pay the bills? And how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? It's like, whoa, stop. What's the very first thing I need to do? Which for me was always to ring my husband, pick yeah. the phone up. Look, this has happened. Okay, okay. And, yeah, and the process would start. There is little point in sitting there overwhelming yourself. So remember the key question. What's the very first thing I need to do? 
and then get on with it. For those people listening that coach others, it's also a great way of helping others. You can ask others that question yeah. as well. Yeah. As our final signing off moment, what's your favourite quote of all time? Or your top, your top sort of suggestive quote or idea for, for your audience who are listening to you? I think my parting comment to people would be this. You can do anything you set your mind to. It's about tenacity, it's about focus, and it's about getting on with it. But I absolutely believe you can, and anybody can do anything they want to do. If they want it badly enough, they can do it. Amazing. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. It's been awesome. Great.